Oh, wait. Yes, but your your audio quality is still really bad. That's weird because now I'm doing what I always do. Oh, that is weird. I wonder if it has to do with internet connection, but it's like you sound really muffled, like you're talking to me through a pillow. <laughs> what the fuck is the point then? Hold on, let me shut these covers up. Is this better? No. <laughs> no, it sounds awful. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, oh my God. There you are. And you sound good. Hold on. You can hear me? Yeah. And just don't touch anything. (laughs) We're good now. Yeah. Super good now. Holy shit. Yeah. We don't record for a couple of weeks. We don't know what the fuck we're doing. What? Like, I don't know what is going on. It's, (laughs) I didn't do anything except for the headphones, which I didn't think were going to be an issue, but I guess they were. That was fun. And that's probably an appropriate way to start off this episode. (laughs) I just cursed a lot, but you didn't hear me. So that I didn't, but I saw it. Oh my God. I was angry. If you wouldn't um, hate me for it, I would love to post that video of you just going, fuck off, fuck <laughs> off, <laughs> like seven times in a row. Um, if I didn't have the worst video quality on this fucking thing, I would probably let you. Oh my God. That was awful. I don't know what the hell happened. Maybe it doesn't connect your audio until you're done doing the test. I don't know. I don't know. Just making shit up as I go along, much like Riverdale. Oh, yes. And here we are. We're back, which we're we're back. We were dreading, but also it's a bittersweet scenario, I guess, right? Yeah. I never have to worry about Riverdale providing us with content to talk about. You know, sometimes we watch movies and I'm like, ooh, I don't know if this is a good movie to cover for the podcast. I never feel that way about an episode of Riverdale. No. It always delivers in a way where I just feel like I could talk for hours about the content and the acting and the story writing. It's all just terrible. Seriously. And again, with Lent, I have not been drinking at home alone. So I was completely lucid for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so was I. And I don't know which is worse, though, because I think right. possibly being drunk for it might have been more frustrating. I think I wouldn't have talked to myself as much, probably. I would have just, <laughs> just accepted it and moved on until today. But the amount of questions I was spewing at the television... I'm still confused, but I guess we're going to be confused for a while. I think that's a fair assessment, yes. And to get us started, here's our 60-second summary. Riverdale is back for the continuation of season six, and I don't know about you guys, but I still feel like we're in Rivervale. Archie and Betty survived the bomb blast because Archie shielded Betty with his newly invincible body. That's right, those washboard apps are now bulletproof, knife-proof, bomb-proof, and fireproof, and we have no idea why. But Archie isn't the only one developing superpowers in the wake of the explosion. Betty suddenly finds that she can detect people's auras, specifically when they intend to cause harm. This feature will surely come in handy in Riverdale, and she already uses it to identify a random murderer and to defend herself when Glenn gets drunk and handsy. Jughead gets the short end of the stick here and ends up losing almost all of his hearing, which seems unfair since everyone else, including Archie's dog Bingo, ended up with supernatural abilities. When Cheryl hears about the bomb, she immediately blames Abigail's curse and tries desperately to reverse it. Her plans are thwarted by Nana Rose, who inexplicably helps Abigail possess Cheryl's body instead for reasons that are unknown and probably ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous, tensions between the serpents and ghoulies are rising, mostly thanks to Archie sparking a gang war. Veronica puts a hit out on Hiram only to change her mind and take it back, except the hit has already been carried out, RIP Hiram. Also, TBK pops up and strangles Glenn for disrespecting Betty, which is weird, but also a nice gesture. IDK guys, we're confused. Man, I really don't know where I want to start with this because the thing that I want to talk about is I feel like the thing that we shouldn't talk about until later. So 
I don't know. Uh, you pick. You decide. Okay, let's see. I circled a lot in my notes that like I want to discuss. Got really excited about this. <laughs> Can we talk about Veronica putting a hit out on Hiram? Okay, yeah, let's talk about this. Do we think Hiram is dead? Um, they're making it seem that way. It just it seemed so quick, so abrupt. A very easy, yeah. There was nothing to it. If we had known that it was going to be this easy to get rid of Hiram, damn, we could have done this seasons ago. And not even we. She could have done this seasons ago. Because clearly she has a hookup with, you know. The underworld. His name is Anatole. Right. Which I looked up and it's Greek for sunrise. Oh, how romantic. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Maybe because Hiram won't see the sunrise. Yeah, or the sun is rising on a new lodge era. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But I was like, I thought giving him that name of all names, the the meaning behind it would give us but let's why would let's I, not get into I, meaning why, of yeah, names because we I? had twilight twist and percival pickens in this episode and i cannot with these names anymore so i don't know that we should read too much into it because if we try to it's gonna make our heads hurt so i know well the thing that really bothers me about all of this is that uh, it's confusing to me why the bomb under Archie's bed is the straw that broke the camel's back because Hiram's tried to kill Archie, my God, like a million times at this point. And every time before, they were just willing to let it slide for whatever reason. And I just don't get why now they're like, you know what? Fool us five times, you know, <laughs> shame on us. So we'll right. kill you now. It's... <sighs> Yeah, that's that's a very good question because I don't even think I could really put my finger on why even thinking about like the end of episode five and how like not episode five, they basically like the whole town came up against him. Right. The, the end he of the like drives five. away. Yeah. And he yeah. like drives he away. He walks away. He doesn't even drive. Oh, they, oh, they, God. they kick him out on foot. Yes. Yes. He's banished from Riverdale. And that's the worst thing they could do to him, apparently. Right. And I just kind of, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Even her reaction to it, she's talking to Reggie and she's like, my father, he blew up Archie's house. I love the way that that line was delivered because she did it and Jughead did it where they both said that line of Archie's house blew up. And right. it was just, it was such a Riverdale just moment. Just another day, right. It was <laughs> such just a Riverdale, Riverdale moment. Day. Each time they said it, it was just like, yep. Oh, yep. Archie's house blew up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's about right. That's what happened. Um, It sucks, though, that like he's three quarters of the fire department and he couldn't fix any of that. Listen, he was he was busy protecting Betty from mortal injuries. So I'm sorry that he couldn't also put the fire out. Yeah. But actually, can we talk about how Hiram should have been doing bombs from the beginning? Because this was probably the most effective way for him to kill Archie. And he's just saving it for now because every other attempt has gone completely awry. But this bomb was a great idea. Yes. And this is going to bring me to the thing that that you are saying that you probably want to hold off on. If there's a curse, can I just really quickly say this? (laughs) If this curse is legit, wouldn't it want them dead? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and it doesn't. Yes. Okay. Thank <laughs> we'll, you. That's we'll, all. We'll, that's all yeah. my. Yeah. We'll get into. We'll it, get just, to that. 
as we're discussing, you know, bombs and like the insanity of how destroyed that house was and how they came out alive. Right. So with Hiram being dead, I just don't, I don't know. I just don't fully believe it. Veronica does seem rather concerned when Hermosa was like, oh, hey, you're a wanted woman. Like you're a main right. woman. Well, but, you know, Anatole did send her pictures, I'm assuming, confirming the completion of the hit. But they could have been staged. And, true. you know, it would, be, it would benefit Hiram to fake his own death, knowing that so many people are after him at this point. Right. And then he could easily be under the radar and still do his shenanigans because everyone will think it can't be him. He's dead. Right. Do you know what cracks me up? The, the fact that he's <laughs> continuing to pay the ghoulies to... To destroy Riverdale and kill Archie. This man is so obsessed with killing Archie. And and now it's getting comical how many times he has attempted to kill Archie and has not succeeded. Because you would really think it wouldn't be this hard for a grown man to, especially when Archie was still a child, to kill a high school student. So, oh man, that man, he's got problems. (laughs) Oh, I mean... Granted, he's not the only one, but I just... True. And even at this point, he's not even with Veronica anymore. Right, what does that he was care? One of the main, yeah, that was one of like the main reasons why he wanted him dead. Yeah, I mean, I, I get at this point that now there's enough bad blood between them that it's sort of a vendetta. But, right. dude, get over it. And you would think that he would want to do it himself, you know? I, I think having the ghoulies do it feels really... I don't know, anticlimactic and also just out of character for Hiram. I mean, he doesn't like to get his hands dirty, but I feel like Archie is a special case where he would want to see right. the light leave his eyes or something <laughs> dramatic like that. I, why did she lie to Reggie? And I just him? read that. I just <laughs> read that. I'm like, why is she lying to him? I mean, I know that he didn't really approve of her putting a hit out on her father, but she could have told him the truth like if he is dead i mean we kind of get a preview of a eulogy and a wake so was that the preview yeah oh okay i didn't catch that (laughs) (laughs) i was i was my brain was so fried from the actual episode that i did especially the end yeah oh i thought well you know we had multiple people die here um by multiple i mean theoretically glenn is dead we can talk about that in a little bit (laughs) (laughs) throughout my notes though anytime his name came up I just wrote ew Glenn oh you know what sucks for me internally oh gosh (laughs) I feel this compulsion to defend Glenn sort of in the same way that I wanted to defend Chad and they're both scumbags so it's not because they're good people I think it just angers me so much that the show introduced them as potential romantic interests for Veronica and Betty, and then had them both be stereotypical assholes so that both women ultimately ran back to the thing that they know and love, which is Archie. Mm. And that just pisses me off so much because it didn't have to be that way. You know, they could have just had happy relationships with people who weren't in Riverdale. Yeah, and we're not... (sighs) We're not learning any lessons here. <laughs> no, we're not. We don't get any like, oh, and the moral there's no of growth. the story is. Yeah, no. there's no growth. Not at all. Oh, sorry. A little digression there. No, that's fine. I just, you know, I write, I don't like Glenn. He's gross. And then I quoted him saying to Betty, you know, you want this. Mm, yeah, baby. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh. See, I, uh, 
I don't know. I just, it makes me so angry that they kind of, they didn't make it interesting at all by having either Veronica or Betty have feelings for the other person that's been in their lives for the past seven years. Yeah. That, uh, it just, it feels like a missed opportunity and, and a really cheap and easy way to to write those characters to make them villains so that you want them to run back to Archie but I never wanted that so (laughs) it was just kind of upsetting but I did think it was funny that his cover story for his broken nose was that they were fucking so hard that she (laughs) elbowed him in the face what sexual position would that occur in i think think about it like really think about it i'm trying i'm trying maybe doggy style but then like i don't know if you're trying to like flip over really quickly maybe you swing your arm back or not even that a leg would kick you in the you'd kick the person in the face more than kind of (laughs) unless accidentally like some kind of boneless unless he's flailing her (laughs) around like a rag doll It's not a good story. I mean, obviously, it wasn't convincing to the other agent who was like, yeah, that doesn't sound right. But the best was even Betty's reaction. She's like, okay, okay, I get yeah, don't you're going mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then I wrote again, Glenn, you're gross. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that she has him put up on FBI sexual harassment charges. Yes. And gets rid of all of the men of the department. All the men! All the men are gone! <laughs> Like, I know you're trying to prove a point, but come on now. Not to be like hashtag not all men, but like not all men. Not (laughs) all men. They're gone. We're sexually harassing Betty, unless Glenn just built his team to be only men. But that just doesn't seem like his style because he would want women to sexually harass too. So I, that, I noticed that too. I was like, what is happening here? What is, what operation is the FBI running? Well, Glenn doesn't have to worry because. He gets in the car to leave. Wait, wait, wait. Before this, Archie beats the shit out of him. Right. Which annoyed me because Betty was like, bro, I got this. I'm handling it. And then Archie's like, yeah, I got to go down and assert my dominance as a male. And then beats the crap out of Glenn. Presumably, we don't get to see it, but Glenn looks like he's limping a little bit when he's leaving Pops. So we can put two and two together there. But that just kind of pissed me off because it's like, she told you she's handling it. Yeah, it's really nothing. Let her handle it. She could have gotten a lot of trouble for that. Glenn could file assault charges and then Betty could be in trouble. So he's just Archie invincible. Archie is probably the worst thing that could have ever happened because I have so many things to say about this, but <laughs> let's just quickly. Yeah. Sorry. Finish close on with the chapter on Glenn's story. <laughs> um, he gets in the car and he looks in the rearview mirror and we see TBK sitting there and he says something along the lines of you shouldn't have disrespected Betty. And I wrote TBK's on Betty's side? Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> Upward inflection? I can't, <laughs> I don't know what is happening. Why is TBK so invested in Betty? Does I, I feel like he has to know her. There has to be some kind of personal connection there because I seriously don't understand. If he was killing random women and then kidnapped Betty, did is that when he became fixated on her? Or was he always obsessive betty i mean I considering just, one of our theories was that glenn was the tbk that was that. not my that was never my theory that was never my theory. <laughs> that was mine but i hated still, that theory and it now has been disproven so huzzah it has been but it was a good bat i had a good reason for it 
I, of course we did because everyone related to Betty has some sort of horrible secret or murderous tendency. So it made sense with the pattern that we've been establishing over right. the past several seasons. But it just that's why it felt too obvious to me. I just I couldn't I couldn't believe that they would do that again to Betty. Well, I mean, they do a lot over and over again to a lot of people. So I wasn't really that's like true. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But like, did he? sniff out the serial killer gene in her like is that why she's i I, hopefully we find out i really don't want this to become (laughs) an over three season backtrack black hood scenario yeah that's what scares me is that it's gonna be hell cooper (laughs) because is he dead yes he he is but this is riverdale and apparently really really weird shit happens here you can come back from the dead and just have a, a trash bag face <laughs> exactly why what is that it doesn't look like he can breathe maybe it's from the swamp yeah he's been living in Swedlow swamp <laughs> <laughs> it does preserve bodies hello it does not dawn we've just <laughs> we've established how swamps work <laughs> oh gosh so i was going back and looking at parts of the season five finale and one thing i had totally forgotten about was the phone call from tbk yes. to to betty where he's all like heavy breathing and covered in blood and it's like don't come looking for me anymore betty and i won't come looking for you and she's like what and that was pretty much the whole phone call but but it did kind of happen so but then again we were in river vale yeah no that that doesn't count none of that oh. shit counts does it though does it though <laughs> it doesn't because- Oh, oh, I'm so The only angry. thing that counts is the fact that they used the terminology that I was using to describe Abigail and her vessels. But everything else is nonsense. From but that crossed over. So it means that. Well, kind of, but not really, because Cheryl was still Cheryl in Riverdale. It's not like Abigail was in Cheryl's body. They just I summoned thought that happened Abigail's. in Rivervale. Right. So that didn't carry over. That's what we're saying, isn't it? But isn't it carrying over? Only, I guess, like the knowledge that we have. But the but Abigail was part of the season five finale because that's when we learned about the curse and the. But the curse crossed over. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, yeah, but that getting... was in that was not in Rivervale. That was in Riverdale. Oh, true. And that's how we got Rivervale, no? No, we got Rivervale because of the bomb. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> remember Christ. the bomb split the timelines. Let's not worry about Rivervale. No, we, I can't. We can't. I can't. My head hurts. Okay. We can't. And actually, it makes it a lot easier if we just toss all of that knowledge out of our brains. Because none of it matters. Yes, let's. So, TBK, IDK? I don't know who TBK is. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to wait on that one. But are... he has some sort of personal investment in Betty at this point. Which makes me feel like it could be somebody that she knows. Or he's staying nearby because how would he have known that? Right. Well, I mean, the phone call, wasn't he like in a motel in a bed? Well, it, it wasn't on the clear. Phone? Oh, okay. It wasn't clear I where he, he was. was. in a bed, but like sitting up No, in he bed. was sitting in, a, in an armchair, at, oh. I think. And the, it was, you know, an old rotary phone. So if that helps you. <laughs> oh, all right. Also, what time? What does time exist? But it still begs the question of how he found out of the fact that Glenn tried to force himself on Betty in the first place. True. True, true, true. IGK, TBK. <laughs> okay. Let's... Do we want to get into the curse so that we can then go into detail about the three of them? Yeah. Yeah, we might as well. Okay. I'm over it. 
Yeah. I mean, okay, just a quick reminder. In the last episode of season five, Cheryl hears a story from Nana Rose about her ancestor, Abigail, who had the school for girls back in the day. And the townspeople really wanted Abigail's palladium. And they were also mad she was a lesbian. So they burned her at the stake. And while she was being burned at the stake, she cursed Archibald Andrews, Jebediah Jones, and Beatrice Cooper, and Mm -hmm. all of their descendants. Basically a giant fuck you. There was no real specifics on it. Just they were damned. No. And and Abigail was going to swim in the blood of their children and grandchildren <laughs> and stuff. That's literally a quote. So Cheryl's disturbed by this and runs off to the town hall where they're trying to arrange a new, you know, director's board for Riverdale. And, oh, yes, yes. And she yes. wants a seat at the table or she wants them to make a formal apology to her ancestors and blah, blah, blah. So they're like, nah. And she gets real pissed. So mm-hmm. she goes home. She tells Nana Rose, these fucking assholes, they don't want to apologize. So Nana Rose is like, well, we still need to honor Abigail's memory. Here's the last words she ever spoke, you know, the curse. We should all sit around this fire with a bowl with a feather in it and read these words because, you know, that's something that you do. So Cheryl does with Britta and Nana Rose. Lights go out, windows blow open. There's just a general chill in the air, and that's that's it. We don't really get anything further on that until till this episode. This episode, where we find out that Abigail is in Britta, right? But only at night time. Yeah, I wasn't clear on why that was the distinction that needed because she made. seemed good during the day, right? Yeah, but so then I guess she must not be aware that she's being possessed at nighttime. She mm. maybe she thinks she's sleeping, and then she's not. Kind of loved the voice change, though. Oh, the I don't change. Like, not really a big fan of that. It's like an Elizabeth Holmes voice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> but during the day, Britta or presumably Britta, before she knows she's possessed or whatever, is talking to Cheryl about it and is asking questions. And Cheryl says, magic, it's the daily fabric of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I'm like, isn't that the Downey slogan? Something's the fabric no, of our it's lives. it's cotton. It's cotton. It's the, the fabric touch, of our lives. The feel of cotton. The fabric of our lives. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's cotton. It's not magic. Oh my god. I'm like, what is happening? Oh my god. Speaking of which, I did not notice a sponsorship in this episode. So that's... No, there was none. <laughs> I was bummed out. We did get a lot of our, you know, the Wall Beat Journal and... That's the only one I noticed. Was and there Shangshua. more? And oh, Shangshua. Okay. Shangshua prison. Those always make me laugh when they like to change I know. Wall Beat Journal is particularly offensive to my ears, so... <laughs> It sounds like a teen magazine. It does. Like Tiger Beat. Wall Beat. <laughs> like the Wahlberg brother obsessed magazine or something like that. Which you would have subscribed to. I would have. Yes, I would have. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So they hear about the bomb, which again, I feel like nobody knew this bomb went off except the three of them. Jug, Betty, yeah. and Archie. Like, but it was just so strange that like they'd bring it up and people are like, a bomb went off? I'm like, what is happening? So Cheryl wants to like reverse the curse and she has to light three candles with very, very exact voodoo dolls of the three. And that's what I'm going to just keep calling them, the three. Okay. And the curse will be gone once the candles are completely burned out. But she finds out the next morning that they were blown out before they could be burned out. And she thinks Santa Rose did it. And that becomes a thing because then she wants to stay up and try to like 
figure out who's blowing out the candles. And that's when she catches Britta and Britta's masculine voice. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, Abigail's in Britta and we need to get her out, right? Yeah. Yes, that's all accurate. And they try to do that, except (laughs) Nana Rose is such a twat is working against us and instead of dispersing abigail's soul back to hell she instead reinserts her soul into cheryl's vessel the correct the proper vessel right what a weird dig at britta to be like "Mm, right like your body's not good enough (laughs) this body is more befitting of my spirit (laughs) poor britta oh body shaming poor girl's a lesbian and now she's (laughs) this girl probably regrets the day that she ever joined the Blossom family. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So now we don't know what Nana Rose's intentions are here. We don't know why she wants Abigail back. I'm just missing the fact that she died in Rivervale and I wish she was dead here. So yeah, we didn't need to bring her along anymore. No. And I'm, I'm very much done with her. She annoys the crap out of me on a good day. And mm-hmm. so when she's up to these kinds of shenanigans, I'm just like, oh, bitch, just die. So we're not going to find out, I'm assuming, right away what the end game is. Although here. there, oh, like what I, I did. What did there. <laughs> I did see, not in previews, but pictures, publicity pictures for upcoming mm-hmm. episodes nana rose is in a room on fire oh good okay burn her so <laughs> works i for guess me. she's gonna burn who knows works for me but okay so the curse at this point the three are damned to whatever but i'm very confused as to why this bomb caused these three significant changes to each of them okay sure so my biggest question is whether or not these supernatural qualities are actually related to the curse or something else like rivervale again i didn't want to say it i really hope it's not rivervale I don't know what else it could be because, again, the show has never really delved into supernatural things before Rivervale. Mm-hmm. And we were led to believe that Rivervale was kind of a separate series of events. So the fact that we're now leaking over this sort of magical supernatural bullshitty stuff mm-hmm. into real Riverdale concerns me greatly. Because as I have said many times, I really am not about that life. And (laughs) I came to Riverdale for different reasons, for the murder mystery, for the relationships, for the the drama. But I didn't come here for magic. I didn't come here for superhuman abilities. Right. Like there's plenty of other outlets to give us that if we wanted to see it. And if this show was going to do that, it's a little bit too late to make that left turn and be like "Mm, we're going to magic town and (laughs) nothing's real and anything could happen hold on to your head (laughs) so i just i don't think they can do it now without really upsetting viewers because we all stuck around for the other stuff and now they're giving us this stuff and i don't know it upsets me And I never watched the show Heroes, but it gives me that kind of a vibe where it's like these now normal people are getting these outrageous powers. When Archie's first started, when we are introduced to his changes, at first I thought, because he like is working out or whatever, and then he weighs himself. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, is he bulking up for something? I thought he was pregnant. (laughs) 
Oh my God. It's like, why did he gain 30 pounds? And then I'm like, oh my God, like what is going on? And then like, we find out that he's superhuman. And I wrote a lot. (laughs) I'm like, is he invincible? And then I'm like, he's basically Superman. And Betty's Lois Lane, and they're gonna have a super baby. <laughs> super <laughs> baby. No. But like the way he described it to Betty, he even said something. And I was like, yeah, he's like, I'm gaining mass or something I'm like getting, that. And it's like, what do you mean you're gaining mass? I'm like, he's a legit man of steel. Are we on Krypton right now? Like, I don't know why we're going to these extremes. And then Betty's is okay. I don't think it's the most outrageous it's the most believable i think no and honestly super useful for living in riverdale yes everybody there wants to cause you harm so it's a really good thing to be able to detect that he's gonna see red around everyone everywhere (laughs) but yeah and then poor jughead's just losing his hearing and right see this doesn't make sense to me because he doesn't even get a good benefit out of it unless he's going the, the route of losing one sense so all of his other sentences become heightened but that would suck was it him or narrator jughead that needed to write continuously so riverdale doesn't come back wasn't that a thing that was it was thing? yeah it was uh, i think it was real jughead so maybe that's it there's no Dawn, reason stop you- it stop bringing no. rivervale to- into riverdale <laughs> but i'm just saying if they're gonna give him this loss of hearing like i mean legit loss of hearing mm-hmm. high percentages in both ears like you said his other senses would be heightened, but he wouldn't be particularly useful in any other space or job or right. situation except in a bunker just writing. Do you know what it reminds me of? Oh boy. <laughs> it reminds me of Family Guy. There's that episode <laughs> where they all, I think it's when they have like radioactive material spilled on them and oh they my all gain superpowers, but Meg's superpower is the ability to grow her fingernails. <laughs> Everybody else has really cool shit like heat vision and Meg's like, yeah, I can grow my fingernails. That's kind of what it felt like with Jughead. It's like, Mm. well, I can smell a little bit better than I've ever been able to before. Yeah. So I found that very, just the combination of the three. Like if you're going to give them like superhuman powers of some sort, Jughead got the the shit under the stick there. He totally did. And this is why I question whether or not it's related to the curse because arguably Betty and Jughead's things are helpful and useful to them. And, you know, Jughead's isn't, but he shouldn't be cursed any more so than the other two. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't have a, another explanation for it. So I really don't, I, I don't know what else to say about it. But Cheryl did just immediately jump to the conclusion that this had to do with the curse. But it seems like it would more likely be tied to the bomb. But was the but bomb a that, supernatural bomb? <laughs> what is Hiram up to? Doesn't matter. He's dead. Yeah. Or is he? Or is he? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I guess we could do a little quick backstory on the whole ghoulies thing because oh, sh- do we? Um, well, we have to address that. <laughs> I don't like being forced into addressing things. <laughs> oh wait, that. wait, before we move on from this. Mm-hmm. There when Alice and Uncle Frank are like talking to them at the table about you know what happened with the bomb explosion, and they're like, Yeah, we're totally fine, we don't need to go to the hospital, whatever. And Alice makes Betty go to the hospital. Bitch had two cracked ribs and was like, Nah, I'm fine, and then proceeds to walk around for the rest of the episode, like, Yeah, I'm totally fine. Two cracked ribs that would hurt 
you would be shuffling around. What? True, but also Bingo. So do they all have super healing powers? I don't know, but Bingo got the most hurt, all legs broken. Right. But healed within three days. But you would think that maybe we would have mentioned that with Betty because they kept her in the hospital overnight for observation. So, you know, you would think that they would have made a bigger deal out of her rapidly healing ribs if Mm. she also had rapidly healing ribs. But then again, there's nothing you can really do for those except wrap them. So it's like. Right. But she's not even like limping around places. She's just totally normal that's yeah yeah you're asking the wrong person <laughs> no I, I just need answers i know we'll see we'll see if we get them i mean we're early on okay we can go back to the ghoulies i'm sorry, sorry. well we're gonna start with the serpents because we start with tony and fangs are now dating and they tell kevin this and i felt really bad for him at first because i'm like Oh my God, all he wants to do is have people happy for him that he's going to go to New York and do what he wants to do. And they're like, well, guess what? We're even happier than you are. (laughs) We have a baby, Edward. Honestly, this was all super amicable given that Kevin basically walked out on their non-traditional family though. Yes. You know, I really feel like there should have been more fallout from that or at least a conversation where he explains why he did that. And uh, I don't know if that felt really sloppy. I think he might've had an inkling that they had feelings for each other. And that was his reason because he probably felt like they won't be at a loss if I'm gone. And I think that might have been his, like... No, but he he had that whole issue with being okay with being gay thing. Right. And that also kind of comes about because really quickly, Tony verifies, don't worry, we're still bisexual. Yeah, really like that disclaimer there because they were probably worried people were going to be like, you got rid of the only bisexual right, right. gay people on this show. And they were like, no, don't worry, we're both proud members of the queer community. And it was like, all well, right, Cheryl you. still. <laughs> Cheryl's still a uh, lesbian, so I think. Well, actually, true. Yeah, and Abigail was also a lesbian, so, yeah, we're, so she's regardless like of lesbian. which personality she is inhabiting at the moment, she will still be right. a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> that will never change. <laughs> yeah. So then they find out about the bomb, and right away, Fangs is like, "It's got to be the Ghoulies. They blew up Pops. They did this, that, and the other thing." And how did Twyla come into it? Well, Tony said. That she was aware that the ghoulies had a new master and she's from Chicago and they were going to arrange a sit down basically to negotiate because it was Tony's impression that with Hiram gone, the ghoulies had no backing. They had no funding. They had nothing really. And so it was sort of like Tony thought they were going to be able to go in there and be like, get the fuck out of Riverdale. You got nobody behind you anymore and we'll just kick your asses. And then Twyla was like, actually, Hiram is still funding us as long as we complete our tasks of ruining Riverdale and killing Archie. Killing Archie, right. And I, (laughs) the best is they make the mistake of telling Archie this. I know. And he's like, and where do the coolies hang out again? They they still live by the dock? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I just kind of wanted to know that so that I don't go anywhere near there and attempt to do my vigilante justice thing. I want to say this was my favorite part if I had to pick a favorite part. So he goes down to the docks and he basically goes, which one of you put a bomb under my bed? (laughs) And then... And then they kind of give him a look and he goes, you know, like, or do things have to get messy? Yeah. (laughs) And I immediately am like, oh my God, this guy 
officially thinks he's invincible now so he's just gonna do this tenfold like he is going to just be like and so much so he goes home and he's covered in blood Mm -hmm. and betty's reaction was oh my god what happened now like yeah this is typical this is fucking typical yeah and he's like it's not my i'm fine it's all (laughs) ghoulie blood Like, like I said, invincibility is the worst thing that could have ever happened to Archie and us, really. Because he already thought he was anyway. Yes. Yeah. And now that he has the actual invincibility to back it up, he's going to be insufferable. You know, he's going to just do whatever the fuck he wants, which he always did. But now it's going to be worse. It's going to go straight to his head. It <sighs> really is. And with all of that in the background, he takes over the house from his mom. Mom's oh. over the house. Yeah. Can we say for a second, in an episode where Archie became invincible, Betty started seeing auras and Abigail's spirit inhabited two different people. The most unbelievable part of this episode was still the moment when Archie purchased a house in 2022. But that leads me to believe, are we in 2022? It has to but be. That- we weren't in 2021. I know. But I mean, just given <laughs> how, they, how they act and what they're wearing and all of that. I never know where we are. Then him and Betty have a conversation. And this was fucking great too. She's like, you know, with all of this, like we have to stay together and like the best is to do it together. And he's like, you know, if you're up for an unemployed non-union worker <laughs> with a mortgage he can't afford, I bust out laughing because I'm like, they finally get it. He also really emphasized non-unionized. And I thought that right. was kind of weird. Cause like, is that really important is that the thing that we're you're not getting benefits like we already knew this (laughs) yeah (laughs) nobody in that town has health insurance right (laughs) holy shit like it was just it just cracked me up because i'm like wow they're self-aware now they get how we feel i was actually i was intrigued to hear them describe him as a construction worker you know of all of his professions of all of his professions all of them now no currently still volunteer firefighter yep Still ROTC instructor, instructor. still football coach, probably. So the fact that he chose construction worker, which is one of the things we've seen him do the least in recent history, that was just kind of interesting to me. But I guess the non-unionized thing. Yeah. (laughs) That could have had a union. (laughs) Also, the school was never mentioned once this episode so it wasn't and i i wanted to bring that up too because uh jughead is supposed to have a job there and we just don't like, oh yeah made... he's part of the paper and he's like the advisor i totally honestly forgot how big a part of the finale the season five finale that was until i went back through it because there's just multiple scenes of him you know we're gonna tell the truth and we're gonna mm-hmm. burn down the Hiram bugle or whatever the fucking <laughs> newspaper was called <laughs> something it was like the Hiram ledger some lodge mm-hmm. ledger Maybe the lodge legend. Oh, that would. If that wasn't it, that's what it should have been. But yeah, we don't hear anything about that in this episode. So I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. We also just glazed really, really quickly over Percival Pickens. Oh yeah. So he came to the house to try to buy it. He's obviously up to no good. I feel like I don't even need. Well, to say yeah. That. I immediately put, "Who is this guy?" Is he our new villain? Yeah. What does he want? I mean, he wants to buy their house, but why? You know, there's really, there's nothing good about the house. And honestly, British man. Yeah. He's got a British accent. So obviously villain. He's evil. Yeah. And again, he has a weird fixation on Archie's house because Mm -hmm. presumably there are tons of vacant homes in Riverdale that could be purchased. Oh yeah. 
So it's bus strange. Bus stops, et cetera. Yeah, bus stops. <laughs> Sponsor. <laughs> you know, they have those benches with like the memorial plaques on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could buy a bus stop. Buy a bus stop. Yeah. So it's weird that he wants Archie's house. It's not going to get it though. And I'm assuming that's not the last we'll see of him. And it was such a brief little burst. I don't even have much to say about him because we don't know. We don't know anything. You saying that like, oh, we don't know why he wants the house. I'm just going to throw this out there only because I've seen it done before. Is it on an ancient Indian burial ground? (laughs) And and that's why maybe the bomb dislodged some ancient artifacts that created the supernatural powers, but it's not in the garage. And that's why Jughead never got any good benefits from it. He just got the actual one you would when a yeah, bomb the, goes off. Yeah, the right actual damage <laughs> that one would would sustain from a, a bomb explosion. All right, okay. so we're gonna have to circle back on. All this. right, we got I, a theory. Like we got we a got, working theory. So we wait, d- so does Percival know about this? And and so he just wants I think to tap so. into that power source yes. because yes. he is British and evil. So obviously he knows all the Native American burial grounds in upstate New York. <laughs> <laughs> exactly god it makes so much sense i can't believe i didn't think of it before you hit the nail on the head with that one. <laughs> oh lord okay one quick thing i have to say i really love the ghoulie fashion i don't know if you noticed this but i it's mean twyla there. yeah twyla twist looked ridiculous but she also did, but also amazing in a good way and like mm-hmm. all the ghoulies just had that sort of steampunk but I don't know. There was a lot of neon splashes here and there that yes. that I really appreciated. So goalie fashion has really uh, upped its game this season. And I enjoyed a lot of Betty's outfits as well. Yes, I, I wrote that down too because she had this copperish orange top with like this really mm-hmm. nice blazer over it and I yes was like, the I blue like yeah like the teal yeah and mm-hmm. then even the blazer that she was wearing when she told glenn to fly away little bird <laughs> that was a nice power outfit that i really enjoyed so yes i always appreciate betty's fashion the previews looked pretty insane okay well i guess i didn't actually look at them because i don't recall seeing anything about a funeral <laughs> Well, this is this is what I got, because of course they do it really fast. It starts with Veronica talking at either the mass or a memorial or a wake or whatever. And then she's back in the apartment and Hermione's at the door. Right. But with she a walks film crew. With her camera crew. So I'm like, oh my God, she's filming this for Housewives. Mm-hmm. And then I put TBK out in the open, because we saw him during the daytime. And then <laughs> I wrote Jughead weirder than ever, and mm-hmm. then a bloody body is moved. That's what I got from the preview. Bloody body is moved. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, that could mean so many things. It could. I, I What I'm assuming is that TVK is going to amp up over mm-hmm. the next several episodes, because that would be interesting. Right. That's what I'm here for. Yes, exactly. That's what, I, that's what that's I'm always- That's the kind of storyline I want. Yes. Yes, but I am concerned, um, given what we've seen in this- first episode and a lot of really bad permanent things happened in this episode that made me feel like it couldn't be real because again Hiram dying I I just couldn't swallow that as a reality it was too quick even Glenn dying you know for at this point and it just happened so quickly I don't I I didn't like it I mean we technically don't know that he's dead yet he was just struggling he could have gotten away and then you know Abigail taking over Cheryl's body Jughead losing his hearing like all this stuff is really serious shit 
And it felt like somebody, and I said this to you while we were watching, it felt like somebody was going to wake up at this end, at the end of this Mm -hmm. episode and say, oh, wow, that was a crazy dream because it just didn't seem like any of it could actually be real. So (laughs) I I don't know where it's going. I also feel like we say that a lot about the show. (sighs) I know. (laughs) They're going to wake up and it's a dream. I know. And it's weird to wish that that will happen. Normally it's, it feels like a cop out when shows do that, but this is more like a reset button. Like, let's just start over. Can we, can we just try again? This is a weird situation. I mean, that could still happen. It could. It could be the end of the season, but it's, it's wild to me. The whole, the whole thing. The superpowers. I'm just baffled that they're we're, going in, in this direction we're pulling strings now we're uh grasping yeah. at straws <laughs> pulling at strings that, grasping my, at straws mine's the Polish version <laughs> oh man god oh so, yeah we've got way too many more episodes of the show yes to go we do. before I think we'll have an idea of what's going on and let me tell you to record on a Monday night <laughs> recording on a monday night it kind of feels nice to get it out of the way especially it while it's fresh in my brain mm-hmm. and i just i don't like that and i said this to you last night too i don't like that riverdale sets the tone for the rest of my week because sunday night you know that's a lot of pressure you're setting me up for how the rest of my right. week is gonna go and uh i just don't think it's gonna be a good time but <laughs> but you're right we do get to unleash immediately which is a great feeling it feels good feels it good to get feel it off good. my chest <laughs> i like i like it and then we don't have to do it again until next monday we have a whole week it'll feel like it's brand new it will again i posted the announcement that we are now releasing on fridays yes today is friday yes we're releasing on friday and then again if we do any more movies they'll still be released on whatever Tuesday we decide to put it out on but I think we have one yeah man and I'm excited to actually watch it I haven't watched yeah it just yet. gotta I get John to sign off on it I have a feeling we will be signing off on it so I'm going to say it we're gonna do deep water yes on Hulu with Ben Affleck and Anna dear Mosk what's her name that Anna was dear- that was a good attempt I have no idea what it is so let's go with that I will watch and we will cover that and of course we'll post when we are going to release it in the coming weeks and we're this is number 50 this is the big five yes we haven't even mentioned that yet this is our 50th episode it seems fitting that it should be riverdale yep i can't believe it can't believe we're here i know working on new merch always the brain is always churning the devil works hard but dawn works harder designing our merch (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> working on more Riverdale we're gonna hit with some Emily in Paris <laughs> we did not forget about her <laughs> <laughs> wait I did <laughs> don't speak you for both did. of us <laughs> but wait a minute you are the one that said I think we should include <laughs> some Emily in Paris merch because that's actually our most listened to episode <laughs> I did say I did say that, yeah. So I will brainstorm. And I did just watch that movie Windfall with Lily Collins in it uh, last weekend. Scoping it out for the pod. Not a contender. No, it has potential. Oh, all right. I'm going to add it to my list then. I could talk about that one for a little while. I've got thoughts. All right. Not like our, you know, lovely woman in the window episode. Oh, let's just pretend that one didn't happen, guys. Let's all collectively pretend that didn't happen. Sorry, I I truly apologize for that one. It's all right. I honestly, if it wins the Razzie, I feel like it's worth it. We owe an apology to somebody. I don't know. (laughs) 
god we just added insult to injury <laughs> with our lovely uh recollection but until next time that's endgame game.